um, trying to not use profanity, um, but um, oh, we appreciate I... that. Yeah, we like our clean rating on me on Mage Talk. We we don't want to lose our clean rating. I, I mean, I Philip but... cusses like a sailor when I like like when I talk. Before to him you press privately. record, it's it's bleep this and bleep all that. He does. I mean, all he does yeah. is just every second word, yeah. he's cussing like a like a yeah, sailor. Like a so. sailor. Say that all again. Just say that all again. The fact that you're like a, you're, 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 you're money printing machines right now. The guy, the guy tweets one tweet. Says I've got a developer for 150 k somewhere in a nondescript location, probably in my shed in the backyard, and. And it's just, that's he takes that twenty thousand dollar check to the bank. Done. Bang. Next one. Not a week of Costa Rica. Yes. It's unbelievable. Sad. And and I, I, but that's the like, real reason. That's the real reason you stayed so long in Costa Rica, Karen. This just, is true. Yeah. Just yeah. um. Yeah. Too much. I feel like it's a tax play. He's he's like trying to he's he's like trying to optimize his tax situation. Like how. <laughs> If I live three months of the year in in Costa Rica and four months of the year in somewhere else, do I have to pay taxes? That's the question. You get, really. in, you get into Bitcoin, you get you get some time in Latin America, and you God. really start working on that tax bill. I knew I missed so you something. Go, you go and stay in like the the world's most ecological country, like Costa Rica oh, was gosh. the first country worldwide that was going to be. Uh, carbon neutral you're gonna stay there yes and you're gonna spend all your money burning the whole planet it's, down with your crypto cryptocurrency it's, it's bizarre on so many levels literally the last like five days in costa rica i just got wildly into bitcoin like listening to like hours of podcasts and then he sent day. you back and then and they and then, send him back. They're like, uh, they're like, America, can you take this guy back, please? Please get this guy, get this guy off our hands. You were single-handedly uh, killing their uh, CO2, CO2 yeah, just, neutrality. Yeah, it just, isn't um the carbon isn't, neutrality? Isn't uh, Greenland? Uh, don't they run or, or um, is it Greenland? Which is that country that runs off of underground heat? They have geothermal. The, um, Iceland has a geothermal. Yeah. Heat. I'm such a caveman. <laughs> What's that? Yeah. Isn't that, aren't they yeah. like 100% I mean, should, geothermal? And wouldn't it be great if we could just repurpose all of that useful energy into, you know, just useless transactions on the blockchain that has a theoretical value that we've all agreed to? Wouldn't that be great? You know, I I could get into this, but unfortunately, yeah, this we is the really wrong need to talk for about that. We need to talk about uh, who, 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 it's pronounced, Hiva. it's pronounced, uh, Huga, Huga, Huga is how I think you pronounce Huga. it. I can't no. remember. Well, help right? us out, man. Help Hiva. Us out. <laughs> I thought you guys settled this in the last episode. We didn't. Yeah. It's been like Eight six months, months since the last episode. I, who knows when, We've who had... knows what is it, what's even happening. Hiva, I, I would profess to have firsthand knowledge of Hiva, but I haven't touched it in months. Uh, and it was me playing with a GitHub repo that was like not much of anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What do you got? What do you got these days? It's 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 single handedly like revitalized the entirety of the Magento community uh, or what was left of it. Villain, tell us. 
What's what's good in Hiva land? What's good? Um, well, let's call it Uhuva to start with. Okay. Um, otherwise, we'll offend the Finns. <laughs> they're, do that. Um, they're already offended. There's nothing more that we could do to offend them. They're already offended. The only thing I need, the only thing I, I have to know is, do you hear people pronounce it wrong all the time, or has everybody? Yeah, I mean, you mostly I probably you love it. Okay, he's you're not tired out by it. You're going to correct it, correct the record. I appreciate that. That's I would too. If I was the creator, I would correct the record nonstop. I think that's I think that's the way to go. I mean, I I chose this knowingly that. Uh, this was going to be uh, an issue for some people, um, but um, um, I like the name too much. And as I, I think explained before, there's a marketing there's a, there's a marketing game there where I I studied marketing um, communication marketing, and um, uh, one of the first lessons uh, the the more often someone repeats your your brand name the better it sticks. So when you spend a good 30 seconds on the last episode pronouncing Hufa, 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 <laughs> I was, I was satisfied. Um, no, um, it, it, um, it, it was a conscious choice. I knew, um, Finnish is the, the hardest uh, language I came across, uh, having lived there for four years. I think I, I know about 25 words uh, still today. But um, um, yeah, it really resonates with me. It means good and, uh, and desirable. And, uh, and um, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of the soul of, of what I'm trying to accomplish. Like it's not um, <laughs> someone who thought it was kind of arrogant to say that your company is, is good or your product or you are good. Which is not the intention, or, or, or the soul of what's in there is that we're trying, trying to do good and trying to craft um, the best possible product that we can and uh, have an extra enjoyable experience there and do the best that we can. And uh, we've got so incredibly lazy in, in well, not lazy, but. I personally think we we went in kind of a strange direction uh, in the e-commerce technology world or the the, the, the web world in in general. Um, and I'm trying to bring back some of that pure old school HTML CSS performance quality, and um, mm-hmm. it's incredibly much fun to work with that with those tools, and then to enrich that with tools like JavaScript, instead of starting out with the tool and starting from the highest possible complexity and um, the hardest tools you can pick, which are the hardest to optimize for performance and need the most uh, the most knowledge to, or, or the most um, skills to actually pull that off good, well. So to, to build a really good web shop with JavaScript only, or a SPA, or PWA, or PWA, PWA is not the right term, but um, to pull off, pull off a really good SPA, uh, single page application, you need money and time and skilled people. And that's 1% of the e-commerce world. So uh, I don't think <laughs> less, that should be... Less than 1%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't so have money, they don't, don't have time, they don't have skilled be... people. Unless, you know, you, Kalen will drop a tweet that'll hire them one. It'll make them a tw- cool 25K. Uh, 
100, I feel like it's the, it's the same seven people every three months, but that's that's beside the point. We just um, recycle them. We that's recycle what I think. That's that's months. what ha- I actually believe that. But we're gonna. Um, I feel like he's he's flipped the same developer seven or eight times easily. But I, I'm gonna. It's, sorry, back to back to villain. So it's, it's it is it's only one percent, and I think that you know it's a shame that the this idea of best practice of the way that we deploy e-commerce applications or this like future casting of the of the way e-commerce uh the trend line of like the style of development uh for de- for deploying well any application never mind e-commerce but you know it's like oh i'm building a simple website like i should definitely build that in 95% javascript um that makes perfect sense um I think that that's been a mistake that, you know, has led to more harm than good. Um, and yeah, so, so, so for you, was that just first principles? It was like, let's start with like, why, like, you know, what, what makes a, a good developer experience and an enjoyable developer experience that solves problems that we all have that kind of the. Well, first of all, um, this, this was all by accident. So to say, I built a tool for myself. I, I was going to build a web shop for my wife and that still didn't happen. Um, <laughs> Husband of the year. Cla- classic developer. <laughs> that I is... needed to do this. So I built a framework, built an yeah. entire ecosystem, recorded 19 podcasts. Yeah. And I haven't, I haven't uh, done yeah. that yet. Also, okay. by the way, honey, we're not going on vacation uh, tomorrow because <laughs> I have to ship something. So we're going to go on vacation two days from now. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, go go ahead, Bill. Go ahead, go ahead. So you're going to build something for your wife. I love that this came out of a a use case that you had. This is great. Well, I I I battled the front end framework, the default Magento framework, um, for for the Magento two front end for five years. Um, the last two years specifically on performance. I know how much time and money you can sink into that front end to make it perform. And it's it's getting harder. Um, it's it keeps getting harder, uh, and, and one of the reasons there is that the, the tech stack is is uh, outdated, and it's there's also already too much JavaScript in there. Um, and the way, well, let's not go into that, but that's that's a dead horse. Let's let's leave that there. Um, and the, the proposed solution was PWA, which would be the holy grail of performance and developer experience and um i haven't seen that in the past years um i um worked at intergenet this uh a german agency mm-hmm. up till the beginning of this year um and um shout out to them by the way who made all the whole huva thing possible um um but i worked mostly the past Two years with them to optimize front-end performance, and I've seen there they tried other solutions. First, you had Daily, which is now called Falcon, uh, based on React. Then PWA Studio came off the ground uh, or got got started, and few storefront came, and um, some other bit smaller initiatives came, and all of those are JavaScript first, um, and Internet is one of the most highly skilled agencies um, 
they're they're not the largest one, but they're very renowned for their technical capabilities. Um, these guys are brilliant. They had the hardest time to adopt to PWA, mm. uh, this JavaScript first front end. Um, and I think that's typical for our ecosystem. I think um, it takes a special kind of developer that that is able to work with the JavaScript framework. Um, there, yeah, it's. Uh, I think a lot of junior developers now get started in that world. They skip the whole HTML uh, base <laughs> fundamentals. Um, and just dive straight into these frameworks. And you think it's fantastic the way we thought that Flash applications were fantastic 15 years ago. <laughs> um, and um, <laughs> and for me, that's not that. Yeah, that, that's not the kind of the kind of work I want to do and the kind of systems I want to work with. Um, uh, I like the purity of HTML, CSS, and and uh, the added capabilities and the, the extra flavor you can sp put on top of that with JavaScript to enrich the UX uh, and to help tackle some accessibility uh, issues that can't be solved without JavaScript. But in the basis, um, your browser is capable of doing all these things that these JavaScript frameworks are letting you do, but without the one to two megabyte of framework that ships with it. That you all need to download before your browser is able to comprehend the code that you're shipping. Mm -hmm. So first it needs to load in this framework and then your code on top of that. And then your browser needs to find out what everything does and then build you a page. And if you just ship the HTML and CSS with a bit of JavaScript, your browser is ready to go. Like they can instantly build a page for you. Um, and um yeah, to come back to the Magento ecosystem, um, I think we're dealing with at least 90% PHP developers yep. that um, um, very highly skilled in backend. I think frontend has always been a bit behind the Magento world. Um, there are some outliners, agencies that do really well in frontend. Um, but I think the complexity of uh, of e-commerce and and, uh, and Magento has always attracted technically skilled backend developers mm -hmm. that have a lot of overlap that become full stack developers that also know some front end and just the front end developer always has had a hard time working with a Magento front end because it gets quite technical very fast and especially with this these these systems that Magento two came with where you need to everything, PHP, XML, uh, uh, five JavaScript frameworks, um, just to render a checkbox on your checkout page. <laughs> um, and um, so I, I was very much living this problem. That was my, my work life. And then my wife asked me, hey, can you build me a web shop? And I was like, like yeah, absolutely. But um, I'm trying to not use profanity, um, but um, oh, we appreciate I, that. Yeah, we like our clean rating on me on Mage Talk. We we don't want to lose our clean rating. I, I mean, I Philip know, but... cusses like a sailor when I like like when I talk before to you him press privately. record. It's it's bleep this and bleep All that. All he does 
I mean, all he does yeah. is just every second word, yeah. he's cussing like a like a yeah, sailor, like a so. sailor. But um, <laughs> but yeah, but as soon you... as that record light comes on, I clean up the act. He cleans up the act. I clean up he the act. It up. This is a family um, show. It's a family. This show, is a family people. show. Um, so, um, to rephrase <laughs> that in my mind before it, before I uh, <laughs> speak the words, um, I didn't. I wasn't too enthusiastic about building a Magenta 2 shop in my spare time. Now I'm just trying to think in my head what was the cuss word he was trying to say. That's all I can think now. No, not even. What did he want to say? He wanted to say, I I don't don't give a bleep and bleep about this bleeping web shop. (laughs) I mean, it is a bleeping web shop. I've worked with Magento for a, a, a decade. I was saying that with Magento 1. I was like... You know, freaking mage mail. Why does it have to rewrite this class? Why do I have to come in here and rename this every friggin' time? Friggin' mage mail. What was what was mage mail again? I'm not allowed class to talk about rewrites. it. Never mind. Yeah. Class rewrites were fantastic. And I'm I, just for gonna. One, yeah. I for one miss them. I will say I, that. I will say I, that on the record. Class rewrites Mostly were the, because... the the thing that built. The the empire that is you know now commerce hero that you know you know stands on on the on the ruins the archaeological ruins of of prior businesses like good 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 links should we and and, and class rewrites is what paved the way it was the precursor it was like the the rewrites funded this entire thing Me this whole thing here. is. If class rewrites your didn't exist, microphone, the table you're both sitting at are all funded by class rewrites. It's kind of true. So I mean, when you think about it, I, if <laughs> class rewrites didn't exist, there would have been no need to create like a standalone like stack exchange just for class rewrites. Like that was the entirety of an entire generation of stack exchange answers wherein I made my career. Um, I made a career out of answering stack exchange questions and Kalen made a career out of making money. Very different career paths that we're your answers. Selling my answers uh, as product answers. as product like uh, roadmap. Maybe we I get shouldn't a phone call, they ask the question, that'll be a hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah. And he puts up a tweet, answer. twenty grand. Bang. <laughs> uh, uh, sorry. So the, day, the hardest part of development is like Googling something about Magento and still finding Magento one answers that you don't want that to see. That is the hardest part. You're right. <laughs> that literally yeah. nobody wants. Um, <laughs> and it's kind of amazing. I, I'm pretty sure, you know, Matias still to this day gets 100,000 points a month just on old Magento one answers. And there's, you know, we have some people in, in the community um, who, who are keeping it alive, too, um, with the, uh, the support of the legacy software. So uh, who am I to say that that's good or bad? Um, but when you're, so you go to solve this, you, by the way, if I could interject something, Willem, the, it's, it's really interesting to me to watch this come around full circle 12 years in, in to the Magento world, because my very first Magento deployment ever was in, uh, I want to say January of 2009. And we deployed it as a cart and checkout only. Um, We wrote a module to be able to uh, take an add to cart action from 
a URL. Um, and we had a static site. And it was the static site was generated fr from a Zend framework application that we wrote. Like, we've come full circle. And it's circle. still live and it still scores 100 points. And it still gets 100 in Lighthouse. That's right. <laughs> uh, and, 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 you know, what's amazing is like, uh, we come, we, we went full circle through a whole, like, let's create everything as a JavaScript application. And then, oh crap, what about server side rendering you guys? That's important. Um, and then we went full circle back around to static site generation and, you know, here we are, um, talking about it, you know, handcrafted HTML all over again. Um, it's a, what a time to be alive. It's um, it's been neat for me to see like um, people like using uh, Huba in the wild. Um, that sounds funny to say it like that. Um, that, but like like when when you first had told me about the project, Willem, I, I was like, oh, you know, cool. Like you know, people will tell me about things they're working on. Oh, I started this thing. Cool, cool, cool. Um, and I'm always in, you know, I'm always like, oh, that's great. You know, hopefully it works out. But nine times out of ten, it doesn't really go too far and then you know i'm i'm talking to developers you know here and there on um uh as i'm you know doing doing my thing doing what i do and like i'll hear from somebody who i i don't even know just you know a magento developer somewhere and they're like they're like yeah like i started using uh Huva and and it's like made me totally re-energized about my job you know and i talk to people all the time about their jobs and like having a job that's frustrating, working on something that's frustrating sucks a lot of your energy out, you know? And like, I'll, I'll, like I'm hearing from multiple people going like, oh, this has really made me excited again about, you know, what I do. And I'm just like, oh, I thought this was just a bu my buddy's like fun little project. And it's like, it's neat to see how it's developing and picking up steam and uh, picking up an ecosystem and really like making, you know, people's lives better you know, um, in that, in that way. So, um, it's, it's making people's life, you know, how this is how, you know, when it's become pervasive is when I start seeing job postings that say 10 years, Hoover experience required. <laughs> That's when, you know, it's reached a critical mass. That's where, you know, there's oh. some marketing, there's some, uh, e-com director somewhere <laughs> that was told you got to go with this. And they say, we want 10 yeah. years of it. Darn it. Yeah, and, uh, I need mean, a, a master's of computer science and uh, <laughs> and uh, ten years of Hoova. I have to wonder why. <clears throat> is there a like theoretically how how tied to, uh, yeah how 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 dependent is this on on Magento and the success of Magento in the future? Um, I, I have to believe that there is, you know, a case to be made to simplify other front end development pipelines and, and, uh, to have more performance. that's not JavaScript and headless oriented or headless required. Um, what, what say you to that? Like what's, what's the, what's your sense of, of the sustainability of Magento in, into the future, considering that, you know, the large bulk of Magento deployments were open source, right? Um, what's, what, what, what's, what's your, what's your outlook on the sustainability of Magento as a product? Um, then you're talking about <clears throat> the open source monolith. 
Mhm. Mhm. Um, yeah, this this is of course for us uh, a really um, really important important topic. Um, and um, let me think. Um, we we're working on securing that future for us, but also for our merchants uh, and the agencies we work with. Um, and um, what can I say? We're we're making plans of our own, so to say. Um, we're very much. I I am very much hoping that Adobe is ready to um, not not so far away in the future um, let go of Magento as 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 an open source product. Um, and um, we're talking with the Magento Association, who has the ambition to take over the platform. Um, I have a lot of ideas of what it would look like to fork Magento and build build a company around that and enable the community to um, claim back ownership over the product and be able to um, build on Magento again or to build out and um, bring bring back a lot of that energy. Um, I'm I'm not sure if the association um, has the right tools to do this because they're dependent on Adobe. They wouldn't necessarily need to be dependent on Adobe, but the current situation is that uh, Adobe, of course, um, mm. found, founded them and funds them for for a large uh, for for quite a substantial um, part or percentage. Um, so the association is um, is left to what Adobe Adobe thinks is right to do with 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 the platform, and it's in there. It's well in their right because they paid a an, uh, a fair amount of money for Magento, and uh, they're using it in the way that's best for them. Um, it's um, it's been communicated quite clearly that for them. Um, the future of Magento is Adobe Commerce, which is an Adobe product which lives in their Adobe ecosystem. So um, how Adobe, Adobe Commerce is going to look in one, two, four years is very different from what Magento looks like. Um, I, I have to interject just two things there real quick. I, I, I think that, mm -hmm. so you, you said securing the future, right? And you said sort of building it back. Um, you said, you know, kind of re, re, reinvigorating the Magento, you know, what, what, what made Magento great and not to say make a build joke out of it. Better. That's what you I was going to say. Back. He, he sort okay. of said build back better, which is, okay. which was, you know, uh, Papa Joe, uh, was his uh, platform. I also heard uh, make Magento great again, but that's another thing. Um, but there's a <clears throat> there was another there was another thing there that I think is 
sort of the I take it's the association, right? The association is supposed to be this, you know, uh, run by the community for the community, but there's not like the, 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 the sustenance, like the ability for the association to sustain itself is actually quite dependent on an influx of dollars that either comes from partners or from Adobe. So it's not quite the community. And I think that that's the, the sort of conundrum of uh you know the the association or nonprofit not not for profit model uh that they adopted which requires like some pretty structured governance that you know requires a lot of funds um mm -hmm. and and that's you know sort of just where we find ourselves i find it shocking and this is in no way a criticism love adobe thank thank god for them uh don't sue me please um <laughs> Uh, but I find it shocking that the company that professes to own creativity of every kind in every channel, the company that powers Oscar award-winning films to be made and Grammy award-winning albums to be made and the company that provides, you know, every, every visual piece of media that you see from film, uh, and, and podcast and influencer to, you know, freaking apps that you run on your phone to make, you know, social media posts with to, like every single part of creativity in our culture is touched by a piece of software that Adobe owns. Why could this not be, why could we not reimagine Magento to be the most creative tool for commerce that exists in the world? It's been three years. And you know what we have instead? It's the same product that it was a few years ago with a little extra zhuzh put on it to kind of, you know, fix some, uh, uh, I don't know. It's, it just doesn't, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a big, but it's a big lost opportunity, right? It's it's. That's not been... what their that's not what their why their focus is. Um, their 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 focus, I think, is not in the monolith. Their focus is on building everything that you just mentioned. Like the wildest creativity will be possible within their suit of products that lives in Adobe. So you'll have Adobe products that give you wild creativity that just deploy something in your PWA app that runs on APIs only. Um, so, so that's where their focus is and that's the kind of customers they want to serve. And, uh, I think the, um, the spirit of Magento is, is, um, what a lot of people, um, that, that formed that spirit at Adobe or Magento and then Adobe, they're not around anymore. Um, they've been reincarnated think... as Hoover. That's kind of true. That's the excitement today. That's where I see the excitement in the community. Kaylin, you know, you know this. You know it's true. Yeah, there is, there is a, there is a level of excitement. You know, I, you guys are gonna hate this, but I, I see this interesting parallel in the Bitcoin. Oh my God. In sense, no, in the sense that, um, with with open source, so. Like all these decentralized protocols are open source by by nature, and um, and so there are these thriving open source communities, right? And it it actually it's weird. It's weird because I feel like in e-commerce, to a large extent, SaaS, um, well, e-commerce and the web in general, like SaaS, has kind of like won as a business model for for uh, to to a large extent, like. There's so many issues with um, security, da, 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 da. and it's almost like, in some sense, like 
the open source like i like i'm thinking back to those earlier days and i think that show the me o- show me source... one open source organization that has thrived over a series of decades that didn't have a bdfl at the helm right why why is laravel as popular as it is is because it has t- taylor otwell why is right. uh tailwind as as prevalent as it is because it has adam wathen right why right. is right why did Linux become so uh, pervasive is because it had Linus Torvalds. You cannot right. have a fully decentralized organization that is fully autonomous and flat that ever gets any amount of work done without becoming infighting and inbiting and, and, and tribal amongst its own core members. Look what happened to the PHP working group. Look what's happened to uh, I, I, others that shall not be named. Like I, we have a, I think by nature, open source is an ideal that is best applied to people that have extraordinary vision. And do you know why Whova is successful? Is because we have someone who had extraordinary vision trying to solve a real problem without having to, you know, you know, and 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 created something that like that went out in search of 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 uh, uh, solving a problem that exists in the world without having to consult four hundred other people's input including you know people that you know providing capital financing to make it happen because that's yeah. how we had magento 2 come around you know it's like we we're trying to gain consensus nothing right. great in this world comes about because of extreme consensus right that's that's just the case right, right. well yeah including yeah, yeah, bitcoin of, that's because well, satoshi i is a, a god I, man I, child I, who <laughs> I think the decentralized consensus thing is really <laughs> fascinating, but I, I wasn't I wasn't meaning to to sidetrack with that. It, it was more. Oh, I'm the one who sidetracked this. No, you go on. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. That was that was that was a, that was a great point, and I think that Willem uh, does fall under that category of like when you have an open source project, you need a leader that has a strong vision that's going to lead st- strongly, <laughs> lead with strength and clarity. Um, and I think that's, that's what you're doing. And that's awesome. I just like, it's fascinating for me to be dipping my toes into this open source community. That's like, that's like seeing tremendous growth and mm-hmm. then think, I, and then, and then, you mean cult, and, and, right. <laughs> you, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like Magento was a cult. <laughs> that's a parallel. And it like, is actually, think, yeah, it is. It's, I think it's Magento a very strong parallel. Now I, makes sense to me. I, I actually, <laughs> I actually saw a LinkedIn post where uh, this one person created a profile on the site, they, on my site, and they, they, they wrote this profile like, I love Magento. I'm in, I've been in love with Magento for 10 years. It was very poetic. Posted it, got a lot of interaction. This one person replied and was like, Magento is a cult. And they're like, I hate Magento. I stopped using it whenever ago. Um, but it's interesting to me to be comparing sort of the, the, the old days, right, where the open source community was kind of thriving. Arguably, it's been in decline in many ways, right, for for years. And, like, I think Willem is is picking up, like, is sort of um, uh, is making some progress in, in an upward direction. But, like, by and large, we've been on kind of this downward trend. And I think that's due to the sort of just the nature of, like, SaaS eating up so much. Can I, can I, can I, can I pose a conjecture? When, when was Magento released publicly? 2008. Yeah. Let's call it 2008. I think it's like August, 2008. Okay. Um, when was, when was Whova released publicly? 
has it been two, has it been a year now? Two year and a half? Two years? How long has it been? Announced? Announced or launched? Launched. Launched. February of twenty one. No, this year. Twenty twenty one. Wait. Okay. February. So the conjecture, oh, yeah. the conjecture that it's I have is, um, <laughs> open source goes through, open source adoption goes through cycles that map very nicely to economic distress. I, I think that economic distress causes uh, a high rate of adoption and interest in open source because you have people that are changing careers. People that become aspirational about things that they're uh, and passion projects that they're adopting. So you have a huge mm -hmm. influx of, of uh, interest in a community, right? Then you have people um, that are uh, just like, just being very honest, like how do you cut licensing and software costs at a, at a corporate level in a time where your profits aren't rising? So, or you, where your top line isn't rising, you, uh, rising, you have to cut the bottom line to be able to make some margin. Like adoption mm. of, of, of open source software, again, becomes back in vogue. I think there's a cycle here that could, that maps very nicely in the modern era. Unfortunately, the thing that we are going to deal with in this economic, you know, distress post COVID is that a lot of that effort is going into the, the, uh, crypto and, and blockchain communities and not into areas that could use the development like, uh, like e-commerce. Um, and and traditional like deployed software, and that's where we are contending as an as an ecosystem of the lack of ability to hire and retain people that are doing interesting cutting edge work. Uh, the last time we had a little bit of an economic dip, um, uh, it was uh, we had a similar situation, uh, and and this is um, uh, two thousand and this is like uh, right around uh, the, the Trump election. Um, originally, uh, in 2016, um, it, profanity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right hey, yes, uh, exactly. Uh, <clears throat> clean. Let's keep our clean rating. Um, but right, right around that same, uh, uh that same, uh, era, uh, you know, we had, uh, uh, you know, a little bit of a flat line in, in, uh, economic and GDP growth, at least here in the United States. Uh, you saw a lot of folks putting uh, huge amounts of effort into open source libraries for AI and machine learning and, and uh, Python development. Um, and uh, uh, so I, I feel like just we might have had a dearth of 12, 13 years ago of people that were, you know, uh, uh, in deployed software ecosystems. Nowadays, we have a lot of other interesting work to have to compete with. And that's, you know, yet another reason why, like, you cannot create highfalutin, you know, high-minded uh, e-commerce frameworks today and get the kind of traction that you had, you know, uh, solving massive engineering problems in e-commerce, you know, years ago. Those, those folks just don't do e-commerce work right now. They're moving on to other types of projects. Look at Fabrizio Braca. Like, what's he doing these days? Like, the guy, the, you know, I... I yeah, it's it's they move on to to solve bigger problems at bigger scale, right? That's a really interesting um, observation. I hadn't I hadn't thought about that at all. But um, and probably doesn't hold up, doesn't hold water. I, I'm coming back to why Hoover now. Like I, I think that's the Got reason it. is like right. we need something that's consumable by an average human being developer who doesn't have to be a super developer to be able to get any work done. Also, by and large, because Magento is deployed as the open source product. You don't have massive teams of people working on this stuff that have broad capabilities across an entire stack, 
right? Sort of. I sort of disagree in the sense that I don't see it so much as like, oh, like people are trying to cut costs. They're looking for open source. I feel like it, it just has to do with the fact that M2's front end framework is garbage, a beast, yes. stupid. And I don't think Villain would have built this if, like, economic cycles being what they are, if they had executed really well on 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 that, I don't think Villain would have had any reason to even want to build this. You know, literally nobody would have ever built this. Like, if this is this was the Doctor Strange, like this is the one out of like six million, you know, multiverse possibilities. We wound up in the worst timeline where Trump is president. The M2 front end framework is created and and then we got COVID. Like it was those those things in in that order. Um But 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 actually Willem, we 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 um you mentioned that you're not at Integernet uh, anymore. And so have you uh, He's hiring we have a his tradition. own people now. He's we, he's got we people. A, we have a yeah. tradition on Mage Talk of when somebody goes full time, oh yeah, somebody starts a side project and you goes full time it. with it. We have, we have a tradition of announcing this on the bot, but that's, but that's us. amazing. It's amazing. It. Are you, that's it. That's so congr are full, congratulations. Are you, you're full time on, on it now, right? Um, yeah. Um, it was pretty clear beginning of the year that, um, to launch Viva, I needed to, um, spend full time <clears throat> working on it and, um, I I wanted to launch in February, so I took a, a un, unpaid month off for in February, and then we prolonged that to March, and then we decided to to um, let me work full time on Huva and uh, and my employment really because cool. it it made so much more sense for both Integer and me um, to build out Huva, and there, there was just too much that needed to be done. Right. And um, um, Integer has let me write this wave since, so this started in, in June last year, I, I, it's my first commit. Um, and then mm. two days later, I had a homepage that worked and, uh, um, and that I showed um, at colleagues at IntegerNet and we all got excited. A month later, I had a prototype and uh, they decided to do a first project with that and they were so enthusiastic to finally have something in hands that they could really deliver stuff with. So um, also that it was immediately apparent that uh, building stuff with Huva goes much faster, faster than with Luma, faster than with PWA solutions. Um, so we delivered our first project. Um, I think all the front end work was done in four to six weeks, which would normally would have taken three months. Um, and uh, that was built on my prototype. It was a B2B uh, shop, so it needed some custom work and not and a lot of Magento features were not needed there by mm. default uh, because we had all this uh, quick order stuff that we did with GraphQL, which is we immediately created this hybrid between uh, old stack, new stack. So new technologies are just thrown in whenever it makes sense. Uh, in that case, it, it really did. Um, and then, um, I think uh, that was August we started the first project and then um, we, they immediately started up uh, two extra projects um, and then they stopped working on one few storefront project that they had been working on for eight months and they couldn't deliver before the end of the year. 
mm. and the customer didn't there was there was no end in sight and they couldn't they couldn't properly estimate what it would cost to finish it and um by january they released the full rebuild on huva um within that line and uh within that line and um well, obviously, no longer within budget because they already crossed that four times uh, with with storefront. Um, so, yeah, it it made a lot of sense for them to invest in this product to make sure that it got markets ready, and uh, they could continue build their business on top of it. Um, so we had a really good relationship there and, and a partnership where they allowed me to build stuff for their customers and then put into my product um and um yeah somewhere around january uh, most of the features that that they needed at that point were completed and i just needed to keep going to build in all the features that the community needed and my customers needed hmm. so uh, i went full focus on that from uh, february and then um, the 12th of february we launched uh, version 1.0 and uh, the feature matrix was already more complete than pwa at that time wow. Um, I had wish lists during my launch in February, which was re released yesterday for PWA. Wow. Um, so, um, yeah, from there, one, one obvious issue that we needed to tackle was the ecosystem of, of extensions. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, we haven't had major releases on Huva in the past three months, I think, because there has gone a lot of focus in these compatibility modules that we built. So we take modules from from uh, what, what our customers request. So uh, what's in high demand, we we take those, we make them compatible uh, with Huva, with and then we share just the code to make it compatible with our customers. So uh, today I launched uh, a blog on our website, uh, so on Huva.io. And uh, that's built on uh, the MageSon blog. Um, and that's a compatibility module that just contains some PHTML files that make it compatible. They contain all the CSS and JavaScript. And um, I made it compatible for a website and then immediately built a compatibility module out of that that all of our customers can use now. Um, and uh, yeah, there's, there's some, some modules from um, with late navigation and Ajax filtering and everything that we're not really too keen about because they contain a lot of JavaScript and mm -hmm. obviously we don't like that. But uh, we've put a lot of effort in these kind of modules to um, um, to make at least some of those compatible. So in the whole range of functionalities that merchants need, at least uh, we have examples out there. We have good documentation. We haven't even mentioned yet that Finai Cop is yeah. my business partner now. Oh my gosh! How did I not know that? You did not know that. I did not um, know that. He, yeah. So it's um, it's it's published uh, publicly first time this week in a blog uh, article from uh, Intergenet, which uh, describes the the birth the birth of Huva or like how Huva become became of uh, uh, offspring of of Intergenet, so to say, or spin-off. Um, and uh, Finai started working at Integer earlier this year and uh, got involved with Huva uh, so much that at some point he just he got gravity put him towards Huva. <laughs> and um, that's so now... cool. That's 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 the coolest thing. 
I love that. <clears throat> wow, you got the killer yeah. team. My gosh. Um, yeah, so much knowledge and uh, so much um, so much expertise that that Finai brings in. Not only, uh, I mean, first of all, he's the best the best person I could imagine to work with because he's the kindest, the nicest guy. He is, and then also super super intelligent mm -hmm. and humble. Um, and um, he immediately started off writing a lot of documentation and work on these compatibility modules and just made the whole ecosystem better from the, the day that he joined and, and started working on it. Um, so yeah, we're really, we're really in a lift. So uh, it's me, it's Finai. Uh, we have a front-end developer that started this week. Um, he's he's uh, going to put full-time effort in this UI, comp uh, UI component library. So uh, he'll be building all kinds of menus and navigation and, and galleries and swatch displays and very much like Tailwind uh, UI does a uh, commercial package um, that um, we we announced this in, in, in October already. Like it was my, it was my dream. Like that's the product that I want to build, but I needed to build a platform to be able to build that product. Mm. Um, and um, that's going to be, I mean, the Tailwind UI e-commerce package was launched today, so I've, I've yeah. it coming up. So I feel uh, I I would really like to start playing with it tomorrow, but I can't. Um, well, you have a release. Already... You have a release tomorrow. Yeah, and then <laughs> and then true. you have to go on vacation because you told your wife. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and uh, boy, I need a vacation. So that's that's all good, but. Um, uh, that UI library is already amazing. So building a shop with Viva just means you buy a license with Tailwind UI, take the e-commerce package, and then copy their HTML, CSS, or just the HTML because it contains the CSS, and then you implement it into Viva with the with the functionalities that we have. You reuse the JavaScript that we that we build, and uh, you have a beautiful website in. Uh, I, I I don't want to exaggerate, but like in a fraction of the time you would normally spend. <laughs> and um, that's that's to say the least. I think by the time yeah. by the time you you dig into the documentation on UI components, um, and and you write and you write like sixteen or twenty XML files, you could probably, you know, you could probably get a lot more done. In Hoova. I wouldn't know because I can't get my team to spend a thousand dollars on your freaking license. So, you know, there's that. It's a whole other thing. <clears throat> Seriously, wait, we gotta we gotta dig into No, this. let's That's talk about this. I'll 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 talk crap about my team publicly. I don't care. <laughs> No, I guess I I'm guess vesting in peace. I'm just, I'm... <laughs> I actually, it's funny because I, I would have assumed it was more the, um, you know, indie developer that, you know, is just doing a little random thing on the side that wants to use it. Like, I think I've run into one or two people that have kind of fit that description and, and they haven't been able to, you know, put down the money to try it out. But I would have thought like for companies, it would have. Wouldn't in a in a issue? in a pre, in a prior era, you know, there there's a, absolutely a um, th there would have been a team that is scrappy working on it. Uh, we have a number of of we have a number of challenges. One, you know, uh, something digital was acquired by Right Point back in October, um, 
and just a lot know, of moving parts. I'm sure it's we're just in the a midst. We're in the midst parts. of inter- no. See, you're trying to gloss over, and I'm trying to talk crap. Yeah, I'm so trying to give help me you a second. <laughs> um, you thank out. you for helping me out. I love it. They're gonna play this back for me, by the way, in my in my dismissal. Be like, um, I'll be like, why are we sitting here? And they'll be like, hold on one second. And they'll pull up, you know, forty nine minutes and twenty seven seconds, fifty one thirty on the podcast. Um, it, it basically comes down to this: like we we. You know, we what we deliver is extremely known and we deliver it all the time. Right. And we have a roster of clients, you know, 50 some odd, you know, growth clients that we deliver the same thing. Like we've they're all on the same stack. They have the same common front end and back end. There's an extreme repeatability and predictability for us to make any kind of investment in the future. It's not a dollar amount. It's a it's a willingness to put effort into. Is this what we're going to do? Who's so, going to champion yeah. it? Who becomes the product owner internally? The thousand dollars is nothing. Like right. it's nothing. I've seen us right. spend three thousand dollars on on a bottle of wine. So like it's it's about <laughs> it's about. I'm just letting it rip. Watch this. I won't have a job next a month. I'll have to come work for Hoover. Um, I could. Do you need an <laughs> evangelist? <laughs> um, can you pay me in Bitcoin? That's what Kaylin wants to know. Um, <laughs> That that won't fly with Finai. <laughs> I know, Man, I know. I've to see, I've seen that. Um, that. <clears throat> yeah. So, like, long story short, it's you know, uh, as an agency, and especially one that has less and less agency these days, <laughs> we're an agency <laughs> without agency. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, like what 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 we do in the future is actually like a long, a long, long, long roadmap of you know a year and a half, two years from now, and we have to have someone internal to champion it um, and and sort of product manage it as a, a new line of business, and that's just takes way more time than I'd like it to, and that's unfortunate, and that's where we are. But one day. This year, it's happening. We're gonna get there. Um, I mean, but what, hey, maybe we, we just, could. We, we, we just like rant about things that we're mildly sure are gonna get us into into trouble. And yeah, uh, I'm a hundred percent sure this will get me into trouble. It's not even it's mild. Like <laughs> it's all true though. You can never you can, like, you can never say that I've lied. Like that's the. <laughs> it's uh, not the fun. Um, yeah. How did we get onto this? Oh yeah, yeah. By the way, Villain, if you need a biz dev guy, I mean, I mean, I'm your guy. I mean, I'm, I'm, He'll, I'm doing the his, work it, for you. He costs right twenty thousand dollars a tweet. I'm over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm overcoming objections. Yeah, Kayla, uh, if, if you're okay with your biz dev guy having laser eyes on Twitter, <laughs> um, <laughs> you saw my laser eyes. Of course, I saw your laser eyes. I haven't got any comments on it yet. Um. <laughs> So yeah, let me know, man. Can we circle um, back to one thing? Yeah, please. To use the best. It's what we do here, Villain. That's what back, we do. We circle, circle, yeah. we circle back. Well, let's Phil ladder up to it at the same time. <laughs> Villain um, runs in increasingly larger circles. In increasingly larger cir- circles. And we circle back so, to uh, to points. So one thing I'm heavily invested in is, uh, and we left that topic um, because of Bitcoin. Oh, sorry. But the future, the future of Magento. Yeah. Um, and I just, I just, um, I just want to ensure people, um, Magento has a future, like there's a bright future for Magento open source. And I've been talking to, um, people that are absolutely capable of carrying this platform. Um, and 
either Adobe or the association comes up with a solid plan to do this, or another initiative will rise um, and will enable the community and um, have the strength and the and and the willingness. There is um, the the cool the best thing that that has happened with Huva for me is that all the people that reach out to me um, have so much passion for Magento and want to keep that going so badly, and mm. they miss they really miss this community and and, and collaboration and um, uh, contributing to things and helping each other out. And that has put all the right people on my scope to um, sit together and discuss what we can do to give Magento uh, a future. And um, I don't want to get in the way of um, the association and I don't want to, I want, I really appreciate um, the relationship I have with people at Adobe. Um, so I, I really hope that um, something comes up that will bring out um, the best for the community. Mm -hmm. And then I'm really purely talking about the PHP monolith, because that's, if, if, if we talk about uh, Adobe caring about open source, I have the feeling that often means the open source PWA app and not so much the monolith because that's that's going to be deprecated. That's that's something that has been communicated and that will happen in, I think, two to four years. And the PHP I'm, monolith of Magento is going to be deprecated in yeah. two to four years. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, Does that mean I have to learn Peregrine now? <laughs> no, because Magento won't go away. It's just um, <laughs> it's it it won't go away. It will it will only like get a better because we can... It'll just live on forever. No, no, yeah. no. That's not. That's definitely not what I have in mind. Um, I think. Um, we can bring the right impulse back to Magento to have to innovate it again. It has been stagnant for the last five years. It really has. And I think yeah. um, not a lot has happened there, especially on the front end, on the current front end of the monolith, so to say. Um, but also on the back end, there could have been much more innovation if the right focus would have been there. And I think... Um, open source contributions are becoming less and less. It's becoming mm -hmm. more people getting demotivated because the whole process of getting um, contributions uh, accepted are getting harder and harder. Uh, so you see a lot of complaints. I mean, even freaking people from Varnish, from the organization Varnish, open pull requests that are, that are unanswered for over a year. They're trying to make Magento better and suggest fixes for, for some issues in, in, in the way Varnish is, is implemented. And mm. um, it doesn't even get the right attention there. So um, I think, I really think we can change that. Um, but um, yeah, this this might be an interesting one to, to come back to in uh, one to two months. Mm -hmm. 
and um, and see where we're at then. Um, but um, I feel like Willem is ready to take over as the BDFL for Magento. I think so too. I I would allow it to I, rise I, from I, the ashes. This this shouldn't. I don't think Magento should be run by a person. That's. I don't think. I don't think Huva should run Magento. I think it the should be should run, run by Magento. a legend. Is what it should be run by. I, I'm on Not record a for a very long time now saying that I feel like we the 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 community running Magento is what we got between Magento one and two, and a lot of people who were into a lot of fads at the time got a lot of input into making Magento two the sort of camel that it became. You know, they say that uh, a horse designed by a committee is a camel and um you know there's it's like a, a camel is is a project that had scope creep right like that's that's exactly what happens and and i i i i kind of i don't know i think that there's a lot of decision fatigue too with deployed software i think it's super necessary and do i think it's going to live on 100 percent. how do i think that because i watch corporations put tens of millions of dollars into magento every year Magento one. Well, no, I'm Magento two. I, I'm watching it. I'm, I I build it. I, I answer RFPs every day. Like that's what that's my my job is to help them strategize how to use it in their organizations. It's not happening on you know, Kalen's you know smokeshopemporium.com anymore. It happens on. <laughs> it happens in the. It, it's happening in powering. I know that that business is doing quite well. <laughs> they only accept business. Bitcoin. It's um, nothing to sneeze at. But the the it's it, so so like your mom and pop e-commerce store is being powered by something else these days. But uh, big big enterprise e-commerce builds that are powering like your healthcare system and your your post healthcare needs. Um, uh, uh, post operation, like you need to buy a walker, you need to go home with uh, a bunch of uh, 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 care instructions, and maybe you need some, like you need to, you know, put some stuff in your house to like help you with mobility, like a, a, a frame around the toilet for you to be able to get up and down. Like all these things are commerce solutions that like companies all over the world are building, and they're putting tens of millions into Magento. I don't think that Magento is going to die. I think Magento has already evolved as a product as we understand it, and the use cases have adapted. What I would love to see is to see the use cases come back to the fore where we have a uh, uh, where there can be more consumer interaction, and it can power the new types, the the new flexible consumer experiences of the future. Because um, I'm afraid that it's being relegated to a B2B software stack, and and you know that's a. Uh, uh, you know that would be a shame, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> that would be a real shame because uh, I think it's powerful for it's it, it, it's capable of so much more. I can just imagine, like I like I just I literally imagined it. I mean, I know I'm joking about it, but I but I imagine Billum taking over in that role, and and I think we've said this a lot of times, Philip, that like you need that person, that BDFL, that Taylor Otwell, that Yoav, that Roy. You need that person at the helm of a product that loves it, that's dedicated to it, um, to kind of steer it. Like, and, and in many ways, I think that might be the one single thing that Magento like lost somewhere along the way. I and, mean, Roy, and Roy, does Roy get? Do we when, are we allowed to cite Roy's name? He's been gone longer than he was there. I, I feel like it's not. <laughs> it, it, he doesn't count anymore. The guy sold it the first opportunity. One person says. One person says, hey, would you like, can I buy that? And he's like, yes. 
Please. Like, yeah, let's do it. Um, and the next person think, says, can I buy that? And he's like, absolutely you can. Mark Lavelle says, I think you need help running this thing. He's like, here, have it. Just take it. But I Please. Think that was, Anyone. I think that was, I mean, I think it was on one of these, one of these exponential curves. And that was the moment, however long ago it was, yep. where the curve started to, and then it took years and years and years and then, you know, whatever. It but did. like, I yeah. can, I can, and I know Willem hates us saying this because he gave all these caveats about how he has a he has sure. a villain has a beautiful story by the way and we're pooping all over it like there is something really truly remarkable and very i think upbeat <clears throat> about being bullish on the future of magento and not just saying that from like conjecture but saying yeah. and i'm doing something about it and and, right? and i'm not even joking at all like i oh because i am I've been, oh, yeah. yeah i've been i've been joking no but like i genuinely could see well i'm doing that and i know how much he loves magento you know i i had that feeling about magento as a developer myself for a number of years and then i don't know what happened i something happened I, you know you started but tweeting I, for 20 grand a pop I, and then yeah <laughs> I love the community. The passion's there, gone. But, but like, it's just like a money it, printer now. It, <laughs> and more than just having that, but having created a real world product that people are using. And not only are they using it, but they're loving it. When you create software that people love, you know, like a Laravel, like a Tailwind, there's something magical there. And like, I hadn't thought about this thing of, you know, the rest of Magento or whatever, where that might go. Uh, the open source piece um but uh that would be yeah, I, awesome that'd be beautiful I, like to see it's that it's I what's been that. desperately needed is for someone to come from the outside of the organization and say hey here's a totally different way of thinking about solving this problem we're, we're approaching this whole thing all wrong and i like i so welcome that and and applaud you for doing it because it's not an easy thing to do the fact that you're attracting others around you that say and we want to help you with it like yeah, that's like, this is, that's, that's how community works. Um, so many people that are eager to see something like this happen. It's only, you only need to ask and they pop up and, mm -hmm. um, there is such a immense market around Magento, the monolith as it stands currently. I should, I should just state it, Philip, there's people pouring millions and millions in it just this year alone. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think all we need is um, some clarity about what will happen with it. And um, with Magento. With Magento, yeah. So if we speak about Adobe Commerce and Magento, uh, being Magento being the open source monolith, um, we need to know what our future is going to be with Magento, what that looks like. And I don't want to sit back and wait until um adobe is going to tell us like if that takes too long then then we have to speed things up and i know the association is is uh trying to um trying to get a grip on this and i i really hope that they met that they that they can accomplish um some statement on this and some time path and just a clear clear roadmap on what this will look like because now all we have schematics that show us how every bit and piece of the monolith will be replaced with another API um, until there's nothing left to replace. Um, 
So that's, well, then we'll that's finally open. have API coverage. That would be nice. <laughs> yeah, but um, of of a bunch of SaaS solutions. <laughs> um, API so, coverage yeah. now that's... at any cost. This is the funny. This is the funny problem. I'm writing an ebook right now, Willem, That um, it the, it started out as like the definitive guide to replatforming. And it was like, here's all the things you need to consider when, when moving from one platform to the next. And so I started doing customer interviews and I started talking to people and I went and I looked at all of our documentation of like how, how we, how we go about building new, new sites and all, all the discovery work we do, you know, we put in hundreds of hours of discovery to make sure that we get everything right. And we don't forget anything. And I started noticing this theme of like the hours that we spend every year on discovery for replatforming has gone down every year for 10 years. And I'm like, why is that? And when I started looking into yeah. it, it's because nobody keeps data in their e-commerce platform anymore. Some of it's <laughs> at Clavio, some of it's at Yotpo, some of it's like, I've got reviews over here. I've got, uh, you know, I've got CRM over here. I've got uh, CDP over here and I've got, it's like literally the only thing that is even owned by the e-commerce platform at some organizations is the product detail page. And that has upsells from Nosto on it. And it has, uh, you know, UGC from Yotpo in it. And it's like half of the experience that you are going like maybe the cart. No, I take it back. Bolt is driving your checkout too. And you have one <laughs> click on every page. There is no e-commerce platform left. There's nothing left. There's nothing but left to migrate. A, that's a specific part of the market though. There yeah. is still a very large SMB market that doesn't That operate. doesn't do that. Mag they don't do that. Magento, Magento is their platform and it has their product data and it has their stock and it has their pricing and it has their checkout. It has everything. They use they might have Boost ERP mm. for their ERP and they're uh, you know, good to go. <laughs> they're fulfilling out of the back end of Magento, dude. They're Sh literally printing labels with Magento. You can do that, Shout by the way. to Boost ERP, by the way. Are they sponsoring this episode? That would be great if they were because... It, do they even exist? That. I've never even heard of Boost ERP. You never heard Boost ERP? Is, is that what's called? Boost? Boost ERP? What? The Magento... The, Magento, the ERP that's a Magento extension. Is that true? Is it, I've never heard of yeah, it. Yeah. I think it's called Boost. It's like a French. It's like a French company. Oh, that's Beast. <laughs> Sorry. Beast. I derailed. I got hey, a little excited. Um, it's, 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 la back. it's late for Willem. Sorry. Come back around. Sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry to say this, but uh, it's uh, really late here. And, okay. Uh, I have a release day tomorrow. <laughs> As we've heard. Um, where can people uh, Where can people get Huva? Where can they get it? Hyva.io. Mm. And uh, we're big we're big supporters of what you're doing. If in spirit, and then sometime in some future, also in truth, I'll I'll uh, uh, we'll find a way to make it happen at least on on the right point side of things. But um, hey, Kalen, maybe you could uh, take some time and uh, and and take some of that hard-earned tweet money and uh and maybe we could spin up a scholarship for uh for a developer that's looking to uh to get a hugo license that's a great that's idea, a right? idea. That's take a, a little crypto a earnings take a little one of those tweets pop, pop a tweet well, out for 10k take a take a 50 percent haircut well i don't have any crypto earnings because we're 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 holding for life we're long Hodl. term man we're holding Hodl, baby holding yeah so i'm i'm no, no i'm, I'm, I'm over a Hoover. uh what a, what Holy an awesome Hoover. what an awesome thing. By the and, way, uh, 
if you have time, Philip, do you want to do a couple more minutes after? Will, yeah, Will we got we got off? a little we got a few more minutes after Willem. Okay. Um, what what an awesome time for you to spend time with us. I know it took us literal months to make this happen. I'm sorry that it it did, but uh, uh, it, it came at a great time. And I wish the best to you and your family, man. And um, congratulations on all the success so far. Same to you, and and uh, thanks for having me. I'm I'm really glad we finally got to do this. I hope we can do it not too long from now um, once more, and we can we might be able to talk about some more future of Magento things. I'd like that. Um, we should we should start a podcast called Hoover Talk. That's not no, I Kaylin. don't think that's necessary. Just uh, just <laughs> keep 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 Mitch going. Is it? Um, you think? I, okay. I um I I think the whole community owes you guys so much. Um and uh I I was meaning to say something along these lines. Um I remember eight, nine years ago, uh I was living closer near a near a forest and I walked my dog every day and many of those walks were accompanied by your voices mm. looking listening to the latest of the magenta world and so many insights and so many things that pulled me into the community and made me um, feel more part of that just from hearing you guys discussing these things. Um, and I think it, it goes for so many people in the community who have been bonded to Magento by, by you guys. And um, I think um, it's awesome. Um, and I, I, uh, I know it's different times and the community, Magento community doesn't mean the same thing exactly as it did five years ago, eight years ago. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy you guys are still doing this and um, great stuff. Thank you. Thanks, man. I'm, Thanks I'm trying that super hard not to, get, not to get emotional about it. I appreciate that. Cheer up. Yeah, but uh, we really appreciate it, man. And uh, have a good night over there. Um, and, uh, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. I think you can just close out of the browser. Um, All right. I'll or, you know what? I take that back. It probably is going to want to upload locally. Mm -hmm. So you probably are just mm -hmm. going to want to like <clears throat> click a close. I'm going to hang up and there then you it'll go. upload. That'll do it. Thank you, sir. Thanks, bud. Thanks guys. Appreciate Bye -bye. it. Bye-bye. Ciao. <clears throat> that was fun. That was so much fun. Um, that was cool. Dude. Um, you haven't asked me what this thing is yet that I've been twirling <laughs> around for is, the last hour that, and a half. Dude? I know what I, I'm playing with Lego blocks because I'm in is my it? Room I, right I, now. I, yeah. I figured something out. It's a brain hack. If I don't have something to play hack. with, I'll pick my phone up. And, and if I pick my phone up, then I'm toast because I, I won't, I like, I, there's my brain needs to do something. And yes. I I actually listen better if I'm active, if I'm playing with something. This is a little totally. clamp for like a camera. Um, and this is a thing wow. that I found that I don't think is related at all, but screws in very, like, in a very satisfying way to it. Um, <laughs> you ever watch the, um, uh, what is it, the Reddit uh, page of satisfying? Um, oddly satisfying. Or, oddly satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yep. Yeah. You know, what's um, funny is my, my kids, uh, watch some like kids, YouTube channels that are called oddly satisfying. It's like people cutting uh, like kinetic sand with knives and, 
um, squishing slime and I don't know, some other stuff that's like, how is that a thing? Yeah. <laughs> have you, have First. you, I've heard about this, uh, this whole slime thing and I don't understand it at all, but I, I've heard that it's, I don't like understand it either. Massive. It's a, it, it was actually, I think it was bigger a little while ago. You know, TJ and his daughter kind of started a little slime, slime business on the side. That's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's I right. want to say that was like 2019. They were like, sell, she was making uh, slime and kind of selling it at like local farmers markets and stuff. It's right. Pretty, pretty dope. Um, yeah, they, there's like a whole, there was like a whole thing in the slime market around like making slime that looked like things and then you squish it and it's slime. It was like <laughs> artwork almost. Um, right. That's how you knew the markets were frothy and due for a downturn. <laughs> dude it, it's so good to talk to you man it's you like, too it's a you lot too. of fun it's like i, I need to talk to you more often because when i'm not talking to you i'm like buying nfts and and you know and swapping you know ave and and uh and sushi swap and i'm in my what? own crypto world too really i couldn't Are tell that to i couldn't tell that to villain because i didn't want him to give me a hard time about it i just ganged up on you over it <laughs> that's horrible this the whole time you were on my side you're hot I'm, I'm a horrible person we all know this <laughs> we know this this is not a surprise you know this you we already know knew this. this we already knew this uh so you did you did you actually buy some nfts Oh, I, I was on the original like train back in December. I, I have no um, way. Yeah, I have. Uh, so I started on Top Shot in like November or December and I bought, I don't know, I've spent many, too many thousands of dollars on Top Shot. Um, really? And I have quite the, I have quite the collection there. And, uh, and then there was a Top project. Shot is. is that like a It's an NBA NFT that was powered by Dapper okay. Labs. And, um, it's the one that was sort of the Pokemon Go moment where like a lot of consumers like got into it. They're like, oh, these are digital trading cards. Well, it's actually like it's powered by something. Mm -hmm. um, and then there was a project that got launched uh, that that got on my radar on Twitter um, called Hash Masks. And it was a it was like, oh, this is a generative art pr project. And uh, it was an NFT. And I was like, oh, my gosh, we covered generative art back two three years ago on on future commerce so i pulled up this old episode that um, wild that uh, talked about crypto kitties and i was like what i was I've like about that i've heard about so that. i went and checked out crypto kitties they were going for like fifty thousand dollars dude that's so one of the big ones wh right crypto when kitties. i saw that it was one of the ogs it was crypto kitties uh crypto punks and one or two others um moon uh moon cats I want to say Mooncats was one the original and like when you when when you look at that and you look at all these projects and like there there were no NFT projects that were launching in like November December I looked at hash masks and I was like I think this is going to be a thing so I wrote a big piece for future commerce about it and then I put my money where my mouth is and I bought a bunch of NFTs I bought all the wrong ones I didn't buy the ones that made it um I remember sitting with my wife on a Sunday morning and uh, I'm sorry, on a Saturday morning, we were sitting, we were drinking coffee, and I had my thumb on OpenSea to confirm purchase of what of something called a Board Ape Yacht Club. Um, and and you'll see everybody with these monkey avatars now on Twitter. And uh, and so there was this drop of uh, ten thousand apes, I think it was, and um, and they were all going for I want to say like 
I forget what the original opening price was, like 0.05 ETH a piece. And and I was like, that's it's a couple hundred bucks or something. And I had my thumb over it. And Jackie's like, you're not going to buy another one of those, are you? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't think so. And she goes, she pointed at it. And she's like, that one has your hair. You should buy that one. And I was like, I don't know, baby. It was like 366 bucks. And I'm like, I, I can't see myself. I don't know. Like, I'm at this point now that I like I investigated it. I learned a lot about it. I bought a ton of them. And I was like, I think I'm just going to hold with what I have. That, Kaylin, is the project that that ape that I would have bought would be worth 50 ETH right now, which would be like $250,000. So, (laughs) so kill me. (laughs) So I have a bunch of worthless NFTs, but it's been, it's been a lot of fun. And Jackie's an artist. So she's like gotten really deep into it to kind of like understand you know, what art means in, in, in a modern context. Um, yeah, I, I haven't, um, gotten too, um, into the, the NFTs, but I, I, I watched, actually heard a Gary V video on it, like an, like an hour long video on it. And, um, and it was, it was pretty, pretty cool. Pretty, pretty interesting. the idea of the uniqueness of like art, you know, like the thing that makes an original Picasso, uh, valuable is the fact that it's the original and that's yep. you know, authenticated in certain ways. Da, da, da. So, so like the similar idea, idea in the digital, digital provenance realm. is what they Providence. call it. And, um, and I, right. I, I think there's something really interesting there. I mean, Gary in particular, you know, made like a million dollars off of selling scribbles on as NFTs. So, you right. Know, right. Uh, the rich could get richer. Um, but I do think that, you know, there's, Hey, you know, I'm holding out hopes that, you know, the owner of crypto Sergs, uh, which is one I bought into uh, a few of is like, I hope that that guy, maybe, I mean, listen, you know, maybe that guy gets arrested as being like a famous serial killer and then they'll be worth something one day. Um, because the province is like, there's a story now behind the person who created it. Um, very few, very few few of these projects are actually going to go much of anywhere without giant community support, which very few of them have. That's the ones that are, you know, going for insane amounts of, of insane multiples or like these projects that have uh, tangential benefits like in mass, which is what Board Ape is doing. You know, Board Ape has is basically a, uh, what Webb Smith called a digital country club. I think that that makes a lot of sense. It's like you can only get on their discord if you own one of those NFTs. You can only get. Um, you know, you can listen to their like chill radio station. If you have one of their NFTs, like it is a status symbol of some kind, like whether that's the status you want, I think is debatable. Um, but it's, yeah, I think uh, it's, it's an interesting thing to watch. And I, I definitely am keeping tabs on it because I do think it has massive commerce implications. Um, but Hey, I mean, uh, it's, it's crazy times, man. It's wild times. Yeah. Yep. Yep. What? Yep. Um. Yeah. I I've been a little out of the loop recently. So, um, how's everything going with future commerce? I mean, you guys are out of control. Like out of control. I see some of the stuff you guys are doing and how's uh, that all going? Ten employees uh, raising around. Um, yep. Are you serious? And, yep. Yeah. Are we That's live? Insane. Are we recording still? We're still live, man. This okay, is, I'm raising a round. Live. I'm not going to tell anybody when or how much uh, on here. Um, and so, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a whole thing. Um, it's it's gigantic. Um, very proud of what we have there, and uh, we've got a, a new project launching in uh, a few weeks' time uh, called Nine by Nine. 
A lot of cool stuff, man. We've got a, you know, we've got freaking tax nexus in multiple states and payroll and AR and AP. And it's very much a business that's, you know, that takes a lot of effort to run. <laughs> it's very hard to have a side project. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. That's, that's seven figs of revenue, baby. Crushing it. Are you serious? Dead serious. Dude, that's hashtag building public. Hashtag building public. Um, it is <laughs> wild, right? It's wild. Insane. It is. My tax bill is also insane. How... <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, you got to be. Well, I guess we'll talk more offline about the future plans. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. you've got to be. Oh, we've got putting, some plans. We got some more plans, time baby. Into it, I we imagine. rocket fuel. We, you know, we've we've we're we're. We're doing some uh, some huge stuff. You know, there's there's actually I do want to talk a little bit about the problem that needs to be solved in trade media. Um, if e-commerce is getting bigger, uh, why isn't the the total number of like content consumers in e-commerce growing? And I have some proof points okay. there. Uh, you know, at right point, I, I govern a pretty large performance marketing budget. And, um, you know, I, I sit in, in a part of the org where I'm part of, you know, part of what I do is, is oversee demand gen. And Anytime somebody says they govern a budget, you know, that that's a healthy budget, you know, they're <laughs> not, they're not a running budget. a budget. We spend, they're, we spend some they're money governing that. Yeah. yeah we govern it. <laughs> <laughs> we don't, we, you know, we don't deploy a budget or run a budget. We govern the budget. Govern it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, it, it is a very, uh, it's an eye-opening thing that I have insight into every single retail trade publication, how big their list is, how much influence they have, what their open rates are, what their click-through rates are, and I know what content they're producing. And they're all doing the same shtick. They're reporting on what's happening right now with very few exceptions. Um, eMarketer might be one of the exceptions, but in reality, you know, Retail Dive, Retail Brew, um, NRF's list, like they're all addressing the same 150,000 people. That's it. And and if you if you look at like you know what is what I forget what the number is, but e-commerce penetration is growing, you know, year over year. We have there's there's very few people to hire in our space. We 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 lack jobs. Uh e-commerce is going to continue to grow and it's going to be boomtown pretty soon. Like we need more content consumers in for trade and, and, and business media in e-commerce. And you have to go create those. You can't just go find them. These people don't listen to professional business content. They're not entrepreneurs. They're people in order to cash and order management and return logistics and supply chain. And you have to create content specific to what they care about and only that. And, and so the way that we'll succeed is when we get in front of those people with something that they actually care about until then they're listening to Joe Rogan pretty much nonstop on repeat. Um, and you have to compete <laughs> with that, like right? That's what you're competing with. And, and that's where the absence of like business media is not fun. There's no fun and there's no like voice Dude, or tone it's, in it. It's so interesting because with the, um, not e-commerce related, but with the Bitcoin stuff, I've been. I've gone from previously listening to like comedy podcasts and stuff like that mm -hmm. and really kind of unplugging from like work, like, like learning podcasts, which, which for many years I was, I was spending a lot of time doing that. Um, 
And um, so it's kind of in this like unplugging stage. And then just recently, like like two weeks ago, I've started listening to podcasts and I'll start this and that. And then I'll, and then there's, I don't know, have six or seven that I'm, and, and I'm like, I'm spending hours. So I'm like a new content consumer in, in, in this particular, you know, niche of the Bitcoin stuff. Um, and I'm just listening to hours a day of this stuff. It's like, I'm like fired up on it. And, 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 and I've sort of stopped like listening to the kind of entertainment oriented stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm, I'm just in this weird, like, like stage where I'm just wanting to, to learn, but it's funny you mentioned that because it's, um, some of those dynamics, right. Of somebody getting into a certain, um, profession, like business oriented work, we're in a professional type of content and then eating it up, you know? And, it, it, um, and, and, and I'll say, um, there's a myth that goes around too of the, uh, well, business media took a hit during, you know, post pandemic because people didn't have a commute. Right. Mm. Um, like I would dare oh, anyone listening to this, uh, to open up their phone, uh, and maybe you too. And like, I want you to go to your screen time and you tell me what your screen time is right now. Oh you, yeah, you, it's gonna be. You open it's up, gonna be ugly. Oh, it's, it's ugly, it's right? Like you're spending ugly. ten, eleven hours a day looking at stuff on your phone. Yeah. It's yeah. that you just don't have. Like we have a, and we're incredibly attuned now to things that are boring, and we don't have time for it because we don't have to be bored anymore. Humanity doesn't have to be bored, and that is that is what you're competing with. It's not that. It's not that people don't have a commute. It's that there are things that are infinitely more interesting in other channels for them to go pay attention to. And there is like plenty of advice to be found of like how to run your email better on TikTok than there is mm -hmm. in whatever podcast you subscribe to that Clavio is sponsoring. And by the way, mm -hmm. I love Clavio and they sponsor future commerce. So please keep doing business with us. <laughs> go to clavio.com. Um, yeah. Clavio.io slash Hoover. Um, <laughs> Uh, um, but it, it, that's one of the, that's one of the challenges that we have right now is that you have to compete with the Joe Rogans of the world. Um, you have to compete. That's what you're competing for attention with. Right. So let's, yeah, it, let's, let's yeah. solve that and we can create prolific consumers it, uh, in trade media. If it had something worth listening to, I'm not talking about actionable insights. I'm talking about like humor and fun mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. high concept like we we lack high concept shows here like do you i listen to a podcast it's absolutely preposterous um mm -hmm. and it's it's uh uh it is the the show is a mock draft of like films with a very specific like shtick to them it's like only films that featured jesus christ okay. what are the top seven films <laughs> you know and <laughs> <laughs> you know, films where a character is killed in the first 10 minutes. What are the top 10, you know, film or they're in the first scene. So like, then they go the through films? those actual, and then they'll like argue about it for, they... I'm not for four and a half hours, Kaylin, I'll listen to like that podcast <laughs> on a run because it's fun. And that's the, that's Dude. the problem, right? Like I, I listen to this other show where a guy pretends to be 
uh, George Lucas, and his co-host uh, on the show pretends to be Watto, who was the Muppet who like imprisoned both Anakin Skywalker and his mom. And the two of them pretend like they're on a game show interviewing celebrities. Like it, it's called George Lucas Presents, I believe. And it's That's a absurd. comedy satire show. It is preposterous, yeah. but we don't have that kind of like high concept humor in trade media. Anyway, it's ridiculous. Interesting. I I was yeah. listening to a couple of um, like comedy podcasts where it's like just a single guy uh, ranting for by himself on a podcast, and uh, like Bill Burr has one, and you know, and uh, and those are great. Uh, anyway, M- yeah, monologue it's, it's, shows it's, are great. Yeah, and it's it's kind of like I'm I'm sitting there and I'm going, it's so. You know, we talk about you know, sort of podcast as a, as a medium, as a media, as a medium, um, right? Like there's a lot of podcasts that are super highly produced and things like that. And then you just have a guy, you know, that's just ranting (laughs) into the air for an hour and it can be interesting or like, and that's an incredible, like it's an incredible skill too, right? Like that, that, that shouldn't be taken lightly. Like it takes an incredible amount of skill to be able to just like talk and hold command someone's attention single handedly with like a single yeah. voice for an hour. That's yeah. And I don't it's, have it's that. It's interesting. Skill. Like, absolutely not. Yeah. 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 Like, no, I know. I mean, that's, that's like one in a bajillion um, to be able to do that. And, and it's interesting because right now the stuff I'm listening to, like a lot of times you don't necessarily want, like, a lot of it isn't very polished. It's just like a couple, like a guy or a couple guys talking, and it's mm-hmm. it's um, what's the word? It's more kind of raw and authentic, and it's they're just talking about you know this or that. Um, and sometimes when you hear something really polished, like for me, like if I hear something really polished, it's it almost sounds a little funny to my ear because I'm just used to. You know what I mean? Like this kind of more. You and I are both attuned to hearing an edited show, right? Right. Like a sterile, right? Having all the gaps removed, having all the filler words removed, right? We know what that sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. It takes me right out of it, honestly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, It's it's I don't know. It's almost a stylistic thing. You get used to a certain style, Um, but yeah, no, it is. It is. It's interesting, man, because I was very much like doing a lot of entertainment stuff on my phone and I've gone in and out of phases of like wanting to learn a lot. And it's just it's crazy how much you can learn by just jumping into podcasts if you want to. Right. Like like if there's a topic out there that you want to just dive into, you know, and for a lot of people that, you know, maybe talk was part of that for them, for their Magento journey and whatever. And. And I'm sure there's a ton, tons of people that, that future commerce is that, but um, mm-hmm. you really can just like, I mean, uh, but, but, but it's like, a, it's like, where are you as a person, you know, like, I, like as a person, you can be in a, in a stage where you're just kind of more looking for entertainment, da, 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 da. you're not really looking for the educational content. You're just not that interested in it. You just don't have the um, attention span. You know what I mean? And it just can kind of well, I, it's, vary from it, time to time. I, I would even say that there's the most of this, especially if it's audio content, is consumed while you're consuming something else. 
Like it's it's not it's not like it requires all of your attention to participate. In fact, mm. a lot of TV is this way today too, right? A lot of TV mm. is is made to second screen. Um, it's it's uh, where did I read this article in Slate? I forget where I read it. Uh, but basically, that uh, shows are created specifically to have a cadence that like it only requires you to have to like look up and see what's happening every like 15 to 20 seconds. Like shows are specifically created for you to not have to pay full undivided attention to them anymore. I'm like that kind of tracks with me. Like that's cause a lot of shows are garbage. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, uh, podcasts in particular are the things that you're doing while you're on the way to other things. It's the thing that you're doing while you're doing something else. Right. You're going out for a run or you're, you know, you're working out in the garage or whatever you're working on the yard. Um, they're the things in that you sauna. do that sort of yeah. happen. <laughs> you in the sauna. Yeah. Are you a full naked <laughs> sauna man? I bet you are. No, everybody, is, everybody assumes that. I mean, nobody like, like nobody goes into the sauna. Nate. Well, there's this one random dude that does, but like everybody, yeah. everybody is dressed and everybody is like, has shorts on in the sauna. You know? Shorts on in the sauna. But, and, and uh, Shana, but anytime I mention to anybody, they're like, are you naked in the sauna? I'm like, no, no, no. I mean, on Tuesdays, yeah. you know, that's maybe that's yes. On Tuesdays, uh, if I were naked day. in the sauna, I would like prop my leg up on, on the, like on the, on the seat <laughs> and just stretch, you know, a, yeah. really lean into it. it. Really lean into it. You know what's funny, man, is I was thinking about this the other day. There's all these comedy podcasts, and I was listening to comedy podcasts, and I was going, you know, people would joke about how Mage Talk is like, you know, 20% content or whatever percent content. And I was thinking to myself, and I was going, you know, I think Mage Talk was a comedy podcast. Like, I, th I think, I think like, <laughs> you know, with, like, with the world's worst was... punchline because it was about Magento. <laughs> <laughs> but i think you're right i, I think, think you're right i was you know like and i was thinking uh you know we have a good time and stuff and i love how now all of our episodes are meta episodes where we just <laughs> talk about the podcast itself it's, we talk about it's the show great. that used to be uh on the show that now is <clears throat> it's kind how of dare perfect. you kaylin how dare you? I actually, I have two. Uh, I have two guys uh, at Right Point who uh, were prolific consumer. Talk about prolific consumers. They were very, yeah. very big fans of Mage Talk. Um, really, and ask all the time when is it coming back? And like they, they've told me both. Uh, they've both told me, no offense, you know, Future Commerce isn't fun. Mage Talk was fun, and I, I'm like, I've taken that. I've taken that to heart, man. Like I totally get that. Mage Talk was a lot of freaking fun. Um, You're like, hey, Future Commerce makes seven figures, so uh, don't, don't worry about <laughs> I'm it. I'm going to go chase that. You know what's fun? Liquidity. Um, <laughs> you know yeah. what's fun? Buying uh, $1,000 NFTs on my couch. That's right. With, uh... yeah. <laughs> no, just, just, you know, buying, buying a bunch of pixel kitties. No big deal. Just because I can. But maybe... No, but actually, as I'm thinking it through, like maybe that is a like a podcast thesis that you could really run with is like, you know, um, you know, that that fun comedy angle with some you know content thrown in there. Right. Like, yeah, it's uh, that it's the sounds. biggest 
It's the biggest thing that uh, I, I think is missing in this place. It's probably the thing that Morning Brew has sort of attempted to do um, okay. in the newsletter space is like have have a personality. And I wouldn't even say it has to be humor. Like just have a personality. And I think that's what lacks a lot is is just likable people who are, you know, who... I don't know. They may, they, you may not even, I don't know, maybe likable is the wrong word. Like people who have the wrong word. In this it's context. definitely the wrong word. And I was thinking about that. Okay. I'm, I don't, a lot of people don't like me. I get that. Um, but there's, and, and I know, I mean, like, I don't even like you. So this is, it helps. It helps to be honest in this, in this situation. Um, but, but there's something that's endearing that you sort of like grow to love the character of the person that you listen to over a long period of time. And, uh, I I've listened to this, you know, movie podcast for a decade now called the film cast, um, uh, pre previously called the slash film cast. And they have like sticks and they have tropes and they have their own in jokes. And I like, I'm going to hear them say the same thing every episode. Like there's just, it's kind of endearing and it's like, it's the, it's your warm cup of coffee. It's like, it's the thing that like it, it's what makes that show, that show that could never be done by anyone else. And, um, and, and they're funny. I, like I don't, but I wouldn't describe it as a comedy podcast. They're funny, but I, uh, it just has to have a personality. And I think that's, what's lacking so much. Like if you even put one ounce of thought or effort into giving, your piece of media, some personality or a voice, like apparently you can sell that for, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars to business insider. Like if it's, it's like a, a lot of, a lot of morning brews personality is, is, you know, is, is kind of fun and quippy and a little, and, and, you know, but it's, it's, it's not like they're, they're not writing, you know, the next great American, you know, comedy album. They're, it's a pun in a headline for crying out loud. It's almost like lowest effort possible. So anyway, what's going on with commerce hero these days, brother? Chugging along, man, chugging along, posting the tweets, uh, you know, um, getting, getting the, getting the jobs, doing the stuff. Um, I've, I've actually been thinking about maybe pivoting into like Bitcoin with like recruiting and hiring stuff. I'll tell you right now, do you know what's missing? in the ecosystem is is blockchain developers and web3 developers people need right folks that can that can develop on chain uh technologies yeah. ethereum in particular um yeah. smart contract developers it's it's desperately needed and yeah. um and you owe me money for that idea so um <laughs> okay. tm yeah, no, i just i, I just I, trademarked it so okay yeah, I've done a little bit of kind of research into into it, and it feels. But more than anything, I think you, you know you you have to really genuinely be interested in a space to really um, make connections, network, really kind of really yep. kind of get to know authentically the community in order to in order to be able to make good connections and stuff. So that just takes a lot of time and, and a lot of interest and dedication and stuff but I'm, I'm finding myself interested in now who knows how long that'll last i mean you know how i am it might last like three more weeks um <laughs> but it's it's just fun but to that's be, what like, makes really... you so successful is like your ability to get like hyper 
you know, hyper focused on a particular thing. And yes. Deep on it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm just hoping that's what that, we love uh, you for that, that. Thank you. I just hope that sticks around. Cause it's, it's fun. You know, it's fun when you're excited about something and you're learning and, um, yeah. So that's, uh, that's been cool, man. I'm not going to get too much into the Bitcoin stuff. Cause I know it's going to drive everybody crazy. Magento community hates Bitcoin, by the way, like by and large, they're either, not at all interested or actively hate it 99.9 percent, which is like okay that it, it is what it is it's just like i like the magento community by and large hates bitcoin more than like you could pick a demographic like grandparents over 70 years old like they probably only like 96 percent dislike bitcoin and the magento community it's 99 percent. i don't know i don't know why but that's you know that's the uh that's the response I've gotten so far. So I'm going to leave it alone. I'm going to leave okay. it be. Yep. Yeah, I, I got you. Um, uh, uh, well, we, we, we don't need to talk any more about it. But I, I will say, <clears throat> imagine if you had bought into Bitcoin when we first talked about it. And imagine Oof. if I hadn't lost my Bitcoin paper wallet um, back it in hurts. 2016. Yeah. Um, yeah, it hurts bad. It hurts real bad. You got It does. It hurts real bad. <laughs> it really bad. does. It's yeah, it's like you got to just hide, you know, it's it's you got to just not replay the past, you know, and I've done some calculations. <laughs> believe you me. I look it up. I go back to that date. What if I put money in there? Oh, yeah. OK, but um, but anyway, I mean, it's, if, it's, you had um, run, if you had it, like I'll, I'll tell you right now, the, the very first um, mention of Bitcoin on Mage Talk was episode six. Um, Whoa! And and uh, hold on, I'll, I'll tell you right now. Uh, it was in the show notes, episode six, o- October sixth, two thousand fourteen, Kalen, and oh, it God. says, "Um, well, let let me tell you, let me tell you all the, all the things here. Um, so this is what we we're talking about at the time. Uh, one." It says, uh, it seems crazy to Kalen that more Magento stores aren't sold with solid specialized Magento hosting. And Kalen is having a great experience with Sinassi. Um, and then it says, <clears throat> the Jamaican bobsled team from the Winter Olympics this year were funded by Dogecoin. PayPal is now accepting Bitcoin. Philip is going to buy a carpenter's pencil at Home Depot for his $5 worth of Bitcoin via PayPal. So if you went and looked, if you went and looked, is dinner ready? All right, I'll be right there. Um, if you if you did five, what was $5 of, okay, $5 of Bitcoin in 2014 would be worth, hold on, you ready for this? Yeah, hold on. I'm going to tell you it's right gonna, now. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt too much. Um I think it was like 2000. It says if you yeah, if you bought if you yeah, it, it would be worth uh um Where is this calculator? Why is this taking so long? Hold on. Bitcoin return calculator. I found it. This is this is great content. 
we're doing this right now. Starting investment, $5. Starting date, October 6th, 2014. Ending date, calculate. I would have $700 right now, Kalen. $688.30. That's a lot of moolah for $5. It's very sad. Okay. If you hung with us this far, I, mean, I will give you some Bitcoin. I will give it's you. It's true. Um, Kalen will. I will. I will send you some Satoshis if you stuck stuck this far along. Uh, but I hope you have a great time for the rest of your day. And week. For the rest of your life. And the until the next life. episode of Mage Talk in 20 some months or weeks or years check out future commerce if you're looking for some more consistent content (laughs) (laughs) every week